Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. Well, good morning to all of you. It's always an encouragement to me to see you here worshiping the Lord. And even as we sang in the, that last song, there are plenty of times in our lives when we don't feel up to it, right? And, and we look at our own lives and we say, oh man, how can I even sing or what's the deal? Uh, but the scripture is very clear that the reason we worship is not because we have it all together, but because he does. And, and we need him. We desperately need him. And happy Mother's Day to all of you who are mothers and happy Mother's Day to all of you who had a mother. I think that gets everybody, doesn't it? Let's pray again. Father, we, we uh, do desire to continue worshiping you now. I pray that you would speak to us through your word, that your spirit would prompt us about things we need to understand. You'd remind us of things we need to remember. And you'd help us to see, Lord, how we live out these truths into our lives in a way that does honor you and does glorify you. For you are surely worthy of that. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, when you don't understand why you're doing something or you don't remember what you understand, it's really easy to get discouraged. It's really easy to get overwhelmed. And the longer we go in that, the deeper the discouragement can be. It can even become depression. And so it's, it's really important um, that we learn to go to the scriptures and reason from there and look at our lives from that as the starting point. I was just talking with someone here this morning and uh, recently in the, uh, some other people I know and all this about people who have taken their lives. What a sad thing, isn't it? What, what a, it's just so, I don't know how to put it in words, right? When you hear that kind of news, it's just so, so sad and that people get to a place where how they're looking at their life and what they're thinking about it leads them to that conclusion. And uh, I don't know that that's, uh, that's a problem for anybody here today or not. But let me say to you, when that, and, and by the way, I had another issue come to me this week, which I'm not going to elaborate on, but which illustrates this so clearly. And that's that, okay, life isn't making sense. I can't figure this out. I can't figure that. You know what? The most important thing you can probably do is... If you know where to go, you go, okay, God, let me see. I got to go back here and, and start over, right? In my thinking, I got to think about this differently. What, what do you really say, God? And then, okay, what does that mean in my life? And uh, whether it's on a specific issue or just in general, it, it answers a lot of questions. And it provides a solution to a lot of problems. Now, that doesn't mean you still don't need to do something and live out that solution. But I would say to you in, in my life, and, and I, I'm just be real open with you here, I have never reached a point where I'm actually seriously considering, maybe, well, maybe I should just end it all. Uh, it took many, many years before I even had that thought. <laughs> but that thought has popped in my head a time or two along the way, but uh, never to the place where I was even considering it. That isn't the point. But what I want to say is that what I find is that when I open the Word of God, 
Say, okay, God, I, I need to hear from you. And I see what he says. It gives hope. It gives hope. It's life. It's, and it, it's, so let me just encourage you today. Let's all open up our hearts to the Lord, okay? Wherever you're at today, whatever's going on in your life. It is Mother's Day. We're going to talk about moms. But really, what we're going to talk about moms, all of those things, if you say, okay, let's take this sermon and let's remove the details about mom and then let's put it into my life, you're going to find that it all fits, okay? So even though we're going to focus in on encouraging our moms today, um, this sermon is for everybody. It's for all of us, okay? All right, so if we're going to try to understand, you know, what's going on, and for moms, I think it's, boy, uh, I was just telling a a young father today with your little kids at home and talking about, you know, trying to give your wife some time where she doesn't have. Glenda was telling me she heard somebody saying, some mom saying somewhere, don't give me chocolates, don't take me out to eat, don't mess stuff, just some, give me a little bit of time, leave me alone. <laughs> right? Because when you have little ones at home, especially, right, it never lets up. And I, I see this because we have grandkids over and, and we interact with them and I love having them there and then I love when they go home. Because I get, I get I, but for mom, they never what? They never go home. Okay, so we know there's a challenge in the middle of, when you're in the middle of something, sometimes it's hard to stop and think about, okay, let me see, let me remember the big picture, but let me say it's important that from time to time you remember the big picture. That you remember, why am I doing this, Right? What does God want to accomplish here? Because it's going to give great purpose to what you are doing. So let's take our Bibles and go to the very beginning, the book of Genesis. And the Bible is in the pew there. It's on page number two. <clears throat> go back into creation. And we see the first six days of creation. And... Um, it gets down to the very end. He has not made man yet. Has not made human beings yet. But so verse 25 of chapter 1 says, And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was what? Good. Okay, so all of creation, everything he had made up to this point was good. Let's continue. Verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the triune God says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God says, let's, let's make mankind, human beings, in our image, and let's... let's have them exercise dominion over this, our creation. And so man is given, I say man, I'm using that generic, human beings are given this huge responsibility, right? God said, I created all this, now you take care of it. You organize it, you manage it, you make it productive. You, and so God made us for something really big, didn't he? With the end result would be to glorify him and to know him. And, of course, we know sin came into the mix. What a mess that has made, right? Can you just think about it for a moment? Just realize that in your life, sin has made a terrible mess. 
Sometimes those messes are visible to others, and sometimes they aren't. But they're just as messy either way. Okay? Anyway, so it's this big responsibility for human beings. Then, then the scripture, the Holy Spirit led Moses here to write some more specific things. Verse 27, he says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, man, mankind, human beings. Male and female, he created them. Now, this is a bigger picture. We get into to chapter 2, and we, we learn more about the process that the that, uh, Lord led to do this, used to do this. But look what he says. Male and female, he created them. Why did he do that? Was Adam not sufficient to bear the image of God? Apparently not. Apparently, for the image of God to be captured more fully, God makes male and female, man and woman. Each in the image of God, but yet each expressing a different kind, a different aspect of that image. There are things about God that are very much captured you know, in the image in a man. And there are some things about God that are very much captured in woman, okay, and the differences that are there. And so what an what a interesting thing this is because, you know, Christianity gets this bum rap. Uh, well, I say bum rap. It gets a bum rap on the issue of how women are treated and how women are valued, okay, um, which really isn't accurate. And I, I get it. You know, how, you know why that is? It's because human beings, men who have been damaged by sin, have not lived out a biblical mindset, a biblical attitude toward women. And so then Christianity gets the blame, right? And they've used it to, you know, use the Bible to, for their own purposes. So that is bad. But I want you to see that from the very beginning, in the first chapter of the whole book, God says that we're going to create human beings in our image, male and female, equal before God equal in value, equal in purpose, different in the details. So God is pro-women. He's pro-men, but he's pro-women. Never forget it, ladies. You have a role to fill that no man can ever fill. And if I was on Father's Day, I'd be saying what? You men have a role that no woman could ever fill. That's true. But it's equal and powerful and matters and is significant, okay? All right, so male and female. Verse 28, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So right here in this, we have motherhood happening, don't we? Be fruitful and multiply. Okay, this is the idea of giving birth. Boy, you know, Glenn and I were talking, she heard something recently, I forget, you know, that there are forces in our culture that are trying to, you know, change how we talk about everything, and so we don't want to say mother anymore. We're going to say, what was it, person bearer? Or birthing person or something like that. And I'm not sure even what the point of that is for them. But the idea is, no, God designed that there be mothers. 
This is how we are going to be fruitful and, and fill the earth, right? Multiply. And so we do that to exercise dominion over what God has entrusted to us. And so we have children now. I mean, you know, people who don't have children and often want them, or they, they, they haven't had children yet, or maybe they haven't been able to have children, and they want children. And it's so, that's natural, right, for the most part? For the most part, not everybody feels that way, but that's pretty natural. But what I want to say is this, is that if our greatest desire is to have children for ourselves, we have missed the point. And that sets us up for all sorts of problems. We are to have children so that we can do what God has told us to do, which is to exercise dominion in the world. And so we raise up children to manage the world for the Lord, and we raise up children who will bear his image out before people. We raise up children now as Christians who will live for Christ in this world and continue, because what happens if this generation does not share the gospel with the next generation? What happens? All of a sudden, there's no more Christianity. Now, that's not going to happen. But that's the reality, and so we have children to share our faith with. And I'll talk more about that, so I'll try to preach my whole sermon here in this little bit. But the idea is what I want you to see is from the very beginning that God ordained that um, there be mothers who would have children in order to bring God's will to pass in the world. Okay, so then God goes on and says, okay, I've given you all this stuff to do this. I put you over all of this. And then verse 31, then God saw everything that he had made. And indeed it was what? Very good. Very good. And so after God brings human beings into being and specifically male and female and more specifically those who would be mothers, he says, this is very good. Mothers matter a lot, don't they? From God's perspective. And so we're talking about, I want to remember, we want to get God's perspective so that as we go through life and the things get harder or longer or challenging, that we can remember it and let it change how we're looking at it, which will change how we feel about it and maybe hopefully what we do about it. Mothers matter a lot. Billy Graham said this about moms. He said, only God himself fully appreciates the influence of a Christian mother and the molding of character in her children. I think we sell ourselves short in this. I think you're going to see what the power is and the potential is of a mother investing in her children. By the way, that's a good word, investing. When we invest our money, what is the plan? You invest in the money so that what? It will grow, right? And, and multiply and come, you know, then it does what it's supposed to do for you. Well, same with our children. We, we're raising them up, we're investing in them so that they become who God wants them to be so they can do what God wants them to do, which is important with so many reasons. All right, Charles Spurgeon. You may not know who Charles Spurgeon is. He was called the Prince of Preachers. He preached back in the 1800s in England, a very powerful preacher, very well known at the time. He said this, you are as much serving God and looking after your own children and training them up in God's fear and minding the house as you would be if you had been called to lead an army to battle for the Lord of hosts, okay? Don't 
underestimate the role that God has given you if you are a mom, okay? Don't underestimate it. In fact, I would say to you that really, very much as we raise our children and, and send them out in the world, that we are, in essence, leading up an army that's going to go to battle for the Lord, aren't we? Okay? All right. So, I want you to understand this, and I think it's kind of clear from what we've seen, that being a mother is a life calling from God. If, if the Lord gives you children, you now have a life calling and that you need to live out, okay, in a way that honors him. Andy Stanley says this, and it's very insightful. He says, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God might not be something you do, but someone you raise. You know, because it's easy for moms sometimes to say, what do I do? I, I can't do anything. I'm not doing anything that matters. All I'm doing is I'm changing diapers and I'm cleaning the house and I'm feeding kids who don't want what I give them to eat. And, and I'm not, I, I shouldn't be, I, I don't want to get you depressed thinking about it, okay? <laughs> but that's not what you're doing. You're doing that in order to raise someone who's going to know, love, and serve God. That's why you're doing that. Okay, being mother is a life calling from God. C.S. Lewis said children are not a distraction from more important work. They are the most important work. If you have children, they are the most important work. So let's talk about some areas that moms need to remember and consider here. Some important responsibilities that moms have. And by the way, once again, life calling, we all have life callings. It's all, all, we all have something that God's intending for us to do and wanting us to do. And so these things apply to all of us, okay? But here's some important responsibilities of moms. I would say first and foremost this one, to nurture and shape the souls of their children. This is a spiritual endeavor. You do have to change the diapers and feed them to keep them alive, <laughs> Okay, but what you want to do is shape their souls. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1, excuse me, and verse number 8. It's instruction to children. This is a father to a son, but instruction to parents to children. He says, my son, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. And when he talks about the law of your mother, it isn't talking about the mom lays down the law, although she may sometimes. That's not the point. He talks about the law of the mother. He's talking about um, how does your mother live life? What are the, the laws in her life that she follows, Right? And hopefully, you know, mom, maybe the, the, the law of the mother is that people matter. And you can see her engaging with people and investing in them. Uh, maybe it's being responsible to take care of the mundane duties matters. Um, seeing your purpose in life. Because moms, here's the thing. If you can get this idea that, wait a minute, I'm doing the work of God and I have to do it faithfully, and, and so you communicate that to your children. So all these kinds of very practical, how do I live my life kinds of laws. And once again, by laws, we don't mean rules you're going to follow. We're talking more about principles to live by. And that you communicate this. And so to nurture and shape the souls of your children. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 31, it says, the words of King Lemuel, the utterance 
which his mother taught him. Interesting to me. So here's the king, maybe King Solomon, but saying, let me tell you what my mom taught me and how to live and, and how to do those things. So very, very important. Now, Jesus himself, Luke chapter 2, we see this. It talks about after Jesus had been, you know, they couldn't find him. They finally went and found him. It says, then he went down with them, with them, with Mary and Joseph and was subject to them. And I want you to see, once again, the culture. He, he was not subject to him, dad. He went down and was subject to them, both dad and mom. And then I see this interesting, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. It's really, really important, moms, if you are going to nurture and shape the souls of, the, of your children, that you be observant to what's going on in their lives. Watch what happens. You know, what, how is my child responding to this? What is my child afraid of? What's going on, right? And you ponder those things in your heart and you, you talk with God about those things so that you then know how to live out this life with your kids. So nurturing and shaping the souls of your children is so important. In fact, I want you to remember this. Uh, this applies to all of our lives, but Jesus, we was talking about our concern about, uh, you know, what are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? Where are we going to live? How are we going to do all that kind of stuff? Jesus reminded his disciples, he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added to you. And so with your kids, you think about what do they need to know? Well, they need to know how to dress themselves. Yes, they certainly do. You know, they need how, how to act with manners. All that's just so important. But really, always remember that what you want to do is nurture that soul of that child so the child grows up loving God. So the child comes at an early age, awareness of his need for a Savior, like we all have, right? And is able to respond to God in that. Uh, you want to model this thing. And that, that leads us to this, this next responsibility. And that's to be an example that their children can follow throughout life. Right? You want to live your life in such a way. And by the way, I don't know about you, when I think about these kinds of responsibilities, like in my life and what I need to be an example, man, you want to, you want to make me feel bad? Point out to me that I need to be a better example. Because it's true, Right? We're, we're not talking about being perfect here, but we're talking about becoming a consistent and good example to our children. Uh, Paul talks about Timothy and his experience with that. And he says that, talks about the genuine faith in your grandmother and your mother. He points out to Timothy, remember this, remember this, okay? So he's pointing to them as an example for him to follow. Another thing you want to do is become a lifelong resource for your children. You want your kids to be able to come to you not just now when they're home, but when they're old and gone. You want them to, you know, to continue to have a relationship with them that leads to that. Let's go to Proverbs 23. <clears throat> Proverbs 23, verse 22, page 752. This is instruction. It says, listen to your father who begot you. And do not despise your mother when she is old. 
When does mom get old? You know, for your kids looking up to you, guess what? You've always been old. <laughs> True? Right? Our parents and their peers, they're always old. And so this is not about a specific time. This is about an attitude toward your mom. The fact that you've grown up, she's older, and she doesn't know. She's out of touch. She's, no, 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 no. No, no. She may not know how to use her phone. But she probably knows how to live, right? So don't spice it. Continue to look to your mom. My mother passed away in 2004. And, uh, you know, it, happens, it comes and goes in my life and my thoughts. But there are times I still, I remember what my mom did. I remember what she said. Uh, and, and I remember sometimes things I don't think she probably did right, but I learned from that too. And so you, you want to keep honoring your mom. And moms, what you want to be is make sure that you are that person. You're living that way so that they can come to you and that they feel free to do so. And so uh, Abraham Lincoln said this about his mom. He says, I remember my mother's prayers and they have followed me. They have clung to me my entire life. And so as you pray for your kids, is it, you know, when they're adults and you're still praying for them, it's going to matter in their lives. All right. So we have all these responsibilities, and that can maybe feel a little heavy. Let me, so let me make it worse. <laughs> there are some very difficult challenges that go along with being a mother. Very, very. Besides just all the fact that you have to keep the kids alive and do everything that goes along with that, right? Which includes losing sleep, and messes, and, and sometimes feel like you have no other life of your own. I get all that. But so on top of that, there are some difficult challenges. And the first one, I think, that really haunts a lot of young moms, not just young moms, moms, a feeling inadequate. Like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm supposed to teach my kids how to love God and serve Him? Well, I'm not sure every day that I love God. I know that I do somehow, but, you know... I'm supposed to be an example? Are you kidding me? I get mad and I yell at them. Yeah, I mean, so the idea is you can feel inadequate for this. By the way, the reality is, is every human being, every one of us who comes to know Jesus as Savior and we live this life, if we look at ourselves, don't we all feel inadequate? Don't we all feel like we don't measure up, right? By the way, that's what grace is about. You know, God gives us grace, but feeling adequate. So let me just say this. I, I want, this is, a, this is a new command. In fact, I should, I should patent this or, or trademark it. Walt's Law. No perfect mothers allowed. Don't try. Be good. Don't be perfect. Be consistent. Don't be perfect. Do you understand what I'm saying? You try to hold yourself to something you can't possibly measure up to, and it doesn't help anyone around you when you're always feeling like, I'm a loser, I can't ever get it right. No, you don't need to be perfect. Here's what we're looking for. Get in Proverbs 31. What the king's mother taught him was this, that a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Fearing the Lord, that means having that serious relationship with God where what he says matters to you more than anything else and you keep working on that. And yeah, you sin. By the way, do you understand that? How, how do your children know how to respond when they sin? 
Now, I'm not telling you to go home and sin so you can teach them. But the reality is you are going to sin. And what are you going to do? Are you going to teach them? Are you going to say, hey, listen, mom, that wasn't right what I said. That wasn't right the way I responded. And I've, I've confessed it to the Lord, and he's forgiven me. Will you forgive me? You model that. How powerful that is that to a child? It's huge, okay? All right, so uh, feelings of inadequacy. How about inevitable heartaches? There are heartaches that are going to come. This lady, Elizabeth Stone, I don't know who she is, but she said this, making the decision to have a child is momentous is to decide forever to have your heart go walking around outside your body. Because, right? And, and, yeah, boy. The difficulties, those of you, how many of you have children that are now grown? You don't have little children anymore at home. How many of us? Okay. Let me ask you. Was it hard when they were all in diapers? It was hard when they were in school and trying to get them there or do whatever you're homeschooling, whatever you're doing, right? That's hard. Getting them, as they get older and they're doing all this stuff, that's hard, right? And then finally, when they, they grew up and they left home on school, not hard anymore. That's not true, is it? It's still hard, isn't it? In a different way, different things, but the idea is your heart, especially the, the Bible really kind of shows us a different kind of heart connection between a father and a mother. And this is important for the, the child. Um, in, in Proverbs 10, it says this. Go ahead. Oh, you're there. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is the grief of his mother. And it's not so much about this idea of the foolish son, but what I want you to see is that for the father, hey, yeah, it's my boy. See what he did. Yeah. And when he doesn't, when he messes up, the father's natural tendency is not to like it. and well, Whatever, you know. Not for the mom. The mom's proud too, but when it's hard, mom's heart is just, uh, you know, a, a, most men can kind of just compartmentalize things and not go there. But women, everything is intertwined, right? And so that's why there's that emotional connection that is deep and powerful. And so this can be a challenge because if you're going to raise kids, you're going to have heartaches. Let's turn to Luke chapter 2. Mary has given birth to Jesus. Exciting times, right? You're having a baby. <clears throat> and then uh, she experiences this, a conversation. Let's go to uh, verse 34. It says, then Simeon blessed them. But just stop. Simeon was this older man who was in the temple uh, daily, and the Lord had put it in his heart that he was going to see the Messiah before he died. And now he's seen Jesus, and he realizes God has revealed him this is the one. And he says this, Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Okay, so wow, he's going to grow up and, and 
what people do in relation to him is going to be their fall or their rising, and there's going to be people who aren't going to like him. There's going to be people who stand against him. Then he says this, yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. All of us that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. But what's he say to mom? This is going to hurt. Your soul is going to feel the hard things and the bad things that are happening to him. And so that's a challenge that it's, you just feel it so deeply. And it is a good thing. All right. So we've talked about responsibilities and challenges. Now let's talk about blessings. That sounds like a fun topic, right? Some blessings that go along with this for mothers. Well, the first one is this, great joy. You know, and I, this just starts from the very beginning. I, and I don't understand all these things. I observe them. You know, we had six kids. And before they were born, in the few minutes before they were born, I, it was like this is the worst thing that has ever happened to my wife. Right? You ladies understand? I mean, this is hard. <laughs> and then the baby's born, and Glenda gets the baby, and this is the best thing that ever happened in life. This joy. Uh, and so, yes, children bring great joy, and as they grow and as they, they demonstrate that they, they are coming to know the Lord, and then they grow and they serve Him with their lives. You know, this is what John talks about, and probably symbolically of talking about Christians. But he uses a, a statement that we all get, and he says, you know, that, I forget, I, there's nothing more joyful to me than to see my children walking with the Lord. What a blessing that is. And by the way, let me say to you, if you have children who aren't walking with the Lord, don't give up. Keep investing. Keep loving, keep modeling, keep... Because what you want is for your son or daughter to know, if nothing else, mom believes this and lives by it and it's real in her life. Because when they finally reach that point where they want what's real in life, they know where to look. I've heard more than one testimony, experienced myself as well, where a child said, an adult child said, with all my struggles the one thing I always knew is that this had to be true because of what I saw in you. Said primarily to mom. It's huge. It's powerful. Story's not over. Okay, remember that. All right, but so great joy. And then loving appreciation. Now, sometimes you don't get this along the way as much as you should, but Proverbs 31 says, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. When you are faithful as a mom, it will come back to you in positive ways. Uh, and maybe not in the ways you expect or even the ways you might feel like you like. Uh, another blessing for moms is that eventually, not always, most of the time you end up with grandchildren. Grandchildren. How many of you say, I'm looking forward to the day when I have grandchildren? Okay, not very many of you. That's because you don't have grandchildren, see? <laughs> So, by the way, I, grandchildren, um, it's God's reward to you for not killing your own kids. Okay? You kill them, you don't get grandkids. All right? Psalm 128. Let's look there. Psalm 128. 
This is a, a, a blessing, a, a psalm that talks about the blessing of, of living for the Lord. And um, Let's start in verse number two, Psalm 128, verse number two. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy and it shall be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. Your children like olive plants all around your table. And if you don't like poetry, I know these things are hard for you, okay? Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord with him and his wife. And all these children who are here as a result of her role in your life. And then verse 6, yes, may you see your children's children. And this is not just a blessing for a man, it's a blessing for the woman as well. There is something about children's children. There's something about your children's children. There's something about grandchildren. Really, it's just a different feel. I, 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 I joke, halfway joke, about them going home and liking that. But i got to tell you, this, and I'm a man, but I, I don't know how this works for a lady, but it's got to fit some way. And that is that Grandkids, so far, are still the ones who think I'm cool. <laughs> Grandpa's cool. You know? Maybe he's a little weird. But he's cool. Okay? But there's just something about that, okay? And then I want to give back into that, right? But so, so it is for you, moms. I, and talk to other ladies who've been grandmothers, and they can share this with you, right? But there's something different about it. There's something deep about it. So this is one of the blessings. Another blessing is that you will have a generational impact. You will make a difference on generations to come. Your children, did you realize today, you know, because I, I think of it, I, I just don't know much about this. I know who my grandmothers were, but they had mothers too, and I don't know them, who they were really. They had mothers too. And so all of the investment that came to me Part of that had to come from there, didn't it? From all these, this line of mothers. And so you will have a generational impact as well. Okay? It will pass on to those who are following you. Um, are you going to mess it up? Are you going to mess up? I'm really not trying to trick you. Are you going to mess up along the way? If your kids are grown, you're still going to mess. We do mess up off and on. Well, let me just tell you, one good side of that is that what you've been given is the role, of, as parents, we've been given the role of keeping future counselors in business. Okay? Right? But we will mess up. But the idea is, but we will also do things that are so positive. I mean, I talk with people sometimes who had mothers who, Boy, you know, they, they were anything but what you think a mother ought to be and the impact that it had had, and maybe they were absent and all this kind of stuff because that mom was living out, you know, was hurt by sin and the impact of it. And, but there's almost always something when we sit and talk and talk long enough, we begin to discover that there's, there is something good that has come to me through her. Okay, so it will matter. How you live your life, how you parent will matter. And then the final blessing is an eternal impact, eternal blessings. You know, Jesus says this, these words, you know, well done, good and faithful servant, well done. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And if you will seek to be a faithful mom, 
Live these things out faithfully. Keep growing. Keep pointing your children to the Lord. Keep pointing yourself to the Lord. Um, keep coming back from time to time and remembering, why am I doing this in the big picture? And, and invest, and it will make an eternal difference. And you'll get to heaven, and I think the Lord, when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, will show you, look, when you did that that day, when that's the last thing you felt like doing, but you did it because your child needed you to. Let me show you the ripples of that. Well done. Well done. And so I say to you today, to, to you as moms and to all of us as believers, what Paul said in Galatians, let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, what? Read that word, these with me. We shall reap. No, let's try that again. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap. If we do not lose heart, the idea of losing heart is giving up and not pursuing it. But if you don't give up and you keep pursuing it, you will reap the benefits of the good seed that you have sown. You will be encouraged. Don't be weary in well-doing. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and what you tell us about mothers, the insights that you give us. I pray for every mother here, Lord. I pray that uh, you will encourage her with the truths of your word, whether she has little ones at home, one on the way, older kids, grown kids. I pray, Father, for you to encourage her, to bless her, to help her to see the difference that it makes even now. Please, Father, protect our mothers from discouragement that gets in the way of them doing what you want them to do. Pray for that. I pray for those here, Lord, who aren't moms yet, who will be. I pray all these same things. I pray that you would press these words today down into their, their minds so that they will remember when the time comes. I pray for those, Father, who may have wanted children but were never able to for some reason. Oh, Lord, give them your grace, encouragement, and help them to see that they can have the ministry of a mother in the lives of lots of people. And uh, encourage them about that. And I pray all of us, Father, would take heed to your command that we honor our mothers. And I pray, Father, we would honor them by remembering what good that they taught us, what good that they modeled for us, and we would Honor them by living that out in our own lives. Thank you for working in our lives so faithfully. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I God bless you. Happy Mother's Day to you.